Saying to myself, y'all better not come to my studio with that fake shit. Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit. Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me. All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, one. All right, we're back again, folks, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome to episode 100. Keeping it 100. Eight more than 92 with you. Oh, uh, So what I figured, man, is we did 99 episodes with Trump as president. Yes, sir. And our 100th episode is Biden episode number one. That's right. What's up, Joe Biden? Yeah. Start playing that uh, applause sound effect. Welcome to that. Um, but yeah, we are, of course, live in the studios. Uh, I'm here at the Just Paid Rent, and uh, we've got our man Chaz in the Chaz Tower in the Million Dollar Studios. Folks, this is as stated episode 100 the penultimate uh century mark podcast and uh so much to talk about um say la vie to uh the character of our previous 99 episodes mr uh, orange man dr dr donald j trump he ain't no doctor what the fuck am i talking about <laughs> yeah real estate mogul and television personality star no um anyway so here we are we're live once again folks and uh kicking it off a little different this time because we had a uh, hundred episodes but let's get back to the nuts and bolts of the show which is where i start off every episode asking my friend chaz one simple question how you living you know what it's weird because like joe biden is president and it's good Yes, I, I mean it's better than Trump, but I still don't feel like excited about this, right? Is it I, someone, I, someone buying the wrong Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you know, it's like it's still Ben and Jerry's ice cream, but it's it's not your flavor, right? Like I wanted like, strawberry yeah. cheesecake, but I ended up getting like you know a hunk of hunk of burning fudge instead, and I'll yeah. eat a hunk of hunk of burning fudge, but you know I really want. Some yeah, I mean, hunk, hunk of burning fudge is probably going to get me a stimulus check. You <laughs> mm-hmm. know, hunk, hunk of burning fudge <laughs> is uh, signing some pretty cool executive orders day one and two so far, you know. Yeah. Uh, we are on, uh, we're, we're going into the first week of Biden's presidency. It is January 26th. So, uh, you know, we're almost seven into those first hundred days. Uh, you know, before we jump too far, uh, we do start every show with callbacks. Do we want to? I mean, it's the the 100th episode. We might as well throw a callback segment in. Uh, what's something from the previous 99 episodes uh, that you would f- think to call back to that's uh, maybe in some current events going on now as well? Well, so I don't remember what episode I talked about it in, but I remember going through and reading that book, um, The Democrats Need to Play Dirty. Right. And and the reason why I'm like kind of like, yeah, Joe Biden, okay, is I don't think the Democrats will play dirty. Right. And that's something we've talked about. Yeah. Right. And I want them to be able to like take the power they have and and, and don't let like like I'm sorry, but the terrorists have done a lot to destroy this country right now through their laws through their lowering of taxes and everything and you have the reins you have the reins for two years own that shit and go nuts but yeah the democrats don't wield power that way because they're too fucking knights like i'm sorry like and that and that's why i'm like cool we don't have orange cheeto neo-fascists in office anymore but we got do nothing democrats and i'm hoping that like the people on the democratic side, both in the house and the Senate are pushing them more to the left, right? Like the filibuster, they talk, call it the nuclear option. I'll give a fuck. Take that shit away. You in power right now. 
right? Or what are you going to do? Waste your fucking time wheeling and dealing with terrorists? Or are you going to make laws and put forth policy that's going to make lives better for the American people? Like, oh. Yeah. I mean, we saw a little <laughs> so, bit of that politics today with uh, the words coming out of Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, in quote unquote, you know, compromising with the filibuster rule. Um and a base allowing, as he stated, to to let the Democrats set the agenda, that's which is like, <laughs> I know, I know. That's, that's the knows. one problem. That's the one problem about a a fifty fifty split Senate is you get that type of bullshit. But uh, I yeah, mean, so that's just we get. Like, a, oh, sorry, go for it. Well, we get to set the agenda, and yeah, and Schumer gets to be majority leader, and uh, they can kind of move on from there. Yeah, I mean, like, if we didn't win um, Georgia, this would be a completely different conversation right now. But we won Georgia. And I know, like, if we're being accurate to what is there, yes, we barely have a majority in the House and we don't have a majority in the Senate, but we do have the ability to have a simple majority by a tie vote from um, Kamala Harris. And so so effectively, you, you control all branches, right? Like, so, you know, pop off on the people. Like, you know what? When they say stack the courts, stack the motherfucking courts, right? Like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I mean, you know, that's, it is what we need to do. It's it's unfortunate the pendulum nature, like the, the swing so far, swing so far. Like, it, you know, a gentle progression would be nicer, you know, if we could actually just like start, like you're saying, passing some some good laws, getting some stuff going, and then, you know, let's make sure, yeah, we're appointing appropriate judges and stuff. But I hate the idea of the tit for tat, too, though. You know, um, I do think they need to get a little more teeth. I, I understand what you're saying about the Democrats not playing dirty. They're not willing to to get in the fight. So but I, I just want to make sure we're we're not like copying the equivalent nature of the Republicans for the Democrats as some kind of like revenge seeking method to to governance it, i hope it's not for me it's not about revenge it's about what's effective and what's going to help the most people and the democrats right. have those policies and they have the power to enact those policies and also i've talked about the overton window a lot on this show and i always frame my politics from the view of the overton window and the conservatives or as i keep calling them the terrorists have sent the overton window so far right especially with fascism and QAnon and everything Trump related like it's not about a fucking tit for tat it's like fascism will destroy the country fascism will destroy people like me fascism is the reason why they hung people like me from trees just by giving people side eye I don't give a fuck about tit for tat you have the power take that shit and move that shit back over to the left right they got something to say about it you get the people elected right like and and there is one policy that is like that passed the previous Senate, but because every two years a new Senate or a new Congress comes in, they have to reintroduce it. And that's uh-huh. the For the People Act, right? And that's one of the things that I want them to put forth. But there's a lot of things I want them to put forth. And and then this is where, like, where, what I'm mostly afraid of is, well, there's Mnuchin, who's supposed to be, I guess, the most centrist or of the moderate Democrats, Who's proud, who's basically going to be like, nope, nope, nope. The thing he hasn't done anything yet, but that is like the fear. That's what the media, quote unquote, has been saying. But and that's where I'm like a little still mad about the whole thing. Like I have a friend who will text me. It's like it's cool to see a dog in the White House again. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It is right? cool to see a dog in the White House. <laughs> All right, but I'm still, I just, uh, I'm like, oh, uh, so, so like, I'm happy Joe Biden is president. That way I don't really need to worry about the presidency as like, you know, a high point of my day. Like, I don't, I all listen <laughs> because for yeah. a while, cause like after, well, I want to start listening to more conservative voices again. Cause before I was listening to it and it just felt like the same thing over and over again where it was like we're gonna frame things in a positive light without doing a negative contrast so you're just gonna hear the things that they want you to hear and i guess everyone does that to a certain degree i just feel like it's very prevalent on the right side of the aisle and and it's very propagandistic 
and not meant to be like, you know, promoting the truth of the matter, but how you want people to perceive the matter. And I just kind of got bored of it. Right. <laughs> so, but, but I do want to see how they're communicating things now. Cause I think one of the things too, is we've talked about, um, the what is it the keystone xl pipeline because we had the standing rock protests very early in this and we saw how trump treated those protesters versus the terrorists that took over the capital those contrasts will happen forever because this is america don't catch you slipping up right and yeah and and then i'm like so i'm glad that like joe biden wrote a an executive order um taking themselves out of the keystone pipeline but of course the republicans because you know um what's his name ted cruz the traitor seditionist ted cruz was drilling pete Buttigieg for his transportation thing and he was going in about like you know um the jobs that were lost not about keystone pipeline but basically where i'm trying to bring this together is um on the right they're promote they're promoting the fact that this um, this, what is it? This decision, uh, took away, I think when I read 70,000 jobs, now I don't know the nuance behind it. Like, I don't know if there were 70,000 active jobs or there were like a collection of them where people actually working on something. And some of them were ones that we were hired for, but of course we live in a market capital economy and having a job is how you pay for everything. Cause everything is commoditized. So that's how we frame everything in this. So I can understand the juxtaposition of, Hey, it's a job and it's a good job. Fuck that. It's destroying the planet. Right? Like that's something yeah. that we don't ever mention, but man, that's always the weird contrast. Like that's the one place on the right where I'm like, yeah, because we live in this in system where you need a job to survive. Right. And but you don't really give a fuck who survives if they can't be, you know, in in and what is it, an agent within your system. So it's like I I never know like where to really communicate that and which side to like like ideally if I could wave a magic wand and everything, you would want people like I, well, I'm a leftist. So ultimately I want to decommodify. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> I thought this was a conservative right wing politics show. Are you you've been a leftist this entire time? Well, no. I would say what back was that in Make America Great Again hat you kept wearing for 30 episodes. So. <laughs> what the fuck? Don't be giving the listeners the wrong ideas. I mean, I mean, Chaz back in 2016 was a bootlicker. Uh. Right, yeah, but they didn't yeah. realize they were a bootlicker until they started diving into things. Now, I used to call myself a recovering capitalist, which I now know that I'm not a capitalist because I don't own any like large scale capital. I don't own private property; I only own personal property. Right, so I can't actually be a capitalist. I'm just a worker like everyone else. And if I think that capitalism is the most efficient economic system for humans to thrive, then I'm a fucking bootlicker. Right, you're so, so you're so pro proletariat. <laughs> <laughs> you're right there you're a bougie proletariat bougie proletariat i'm still a, bougie a politically though. a politically active <laughs> a politically active bougie proletariat yo mm, bougie who randomly shit. wore a maga hat for 30 episodes i had to know, call no maga thing for 30 episodes like, I, vo- I voted for Biden. I voted for Hillary. Right. The last got, time me, I didn't. Me, I need to see the birth certificate. That's how I prove if you voted for Biden. <laughs> what? That's how I, see... I need to see it. That's how it works. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> no, like. So, the... Oh, no. Go for which, it. Which of which of uh, uh, Donald's offspring is going to run for some form of office first? Um, is it either Donald Ivanka? or Ivanka? Yeah, right. Or somehow vicariously through Jared, I guess. No, I mean Jared. Jared is a mook, right? Jared. Jared what, if, what if the Jared from the the Trump world became the spokesperson for uh, Subway? Oh lordy, no! They're just, they just trying to like replace Jareds on us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least, you know, Biden hasn't issued like 14 geopolitical issues for his son to, to fix, you know, right. Trump, like, <laughs> yeah, Jared's going to take care of uh, the Middle East crisis, uh, the garbage patch in the ocean, uh, you know, who wins uh, too much in my casinos, he's going to get to the bottom of that. 
Opioid epidemic. Boom, two million jobs. I'm Trump. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Biden hasn't done that yet. So that's cool. I mean, yeah, there's no nepotism in the Biden administration, even though they would want you to think that with the Hunter Biden laptop thing. Right. Yeah. Like there's some what his his kids got some wild shit like the the marrying his brother's widow and stuff. There's some he's an there's some interesting storylines there. But I mean, that sounds like a lifetime movie, not something that needs to be national attention. (laughs) No, I know. I mean, it's weird that we know this much about the political families of campaigning politicians. Yeah. But still, (laughs) it's wild, man. Mm -hmm. But uh yeah, so Biden world, we're here. Um, yeah, he's pretty much only done some executive orders. I haven't read the the kind of like input from it, but I guess he did have a call with Putin today. Oh shit! Okay, did okay. I misunderstand that? Did it was that is that fake news? Am I? I uh... Oh, I don't know. I haven't caught up on today's news as much. I was in the middle of listening to today explained, but they they're doing a. 365 days after they first started talking about coronavirus. So that'd be interesting to listen to because it has been like, like it hasn't been a year since lockdown, but it has been a little over a year since we first heard about it in late 2019 coming out of Wuhan. Right. And then we're in, you know, late January where we start hearing about like, was it going to affect things? And, and I also think like, I don't know when it first came like when we first heard about it here in the Seattle area, but it was around that time too. So, so yeah. Uh, I mean, it was mid January when we had our first case, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, so yeah, no, his, his, he did have some type of call to, uh, to Biden today or to, uh, to Putin in first call with Putin, Biden press Russia president on several issues white house says so i don't know that's in the washington post okay but uh yeah i mean so yeah he's pretty much he's done some executive orders like we said we're on the first week um some of those serious ones i think he took away uh parts of the travel ban he actually initiated a covid travel ban today that's more specific to the strains that have issues with our vaccine dosage right now so with the brazil and I think South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but he removed the 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 Muslim ban, as it was called. You know, I think we had to do a few episodes about that mm-hmm. era of Trump. And then um, and then he also allowed transgender uh, service men and women, or you know, binary, uh, to to serve in our military. So yeah, uh, he you know he's pulled some uh, some quick strings. I. I I do want to see some of the legislation to come through also. And obviously, you know, stimulus is important. You know, a jobs program is important. I think finding out about this student debt's important. Uh, You know, seeing, I don't mean what from a federal level he needs to address, you know, the racial inequality and things and policing in America. I don't know how he's specifically going to do that, but I'm sure that, you know, that, is in their uh, kind of mindset given all the last year. So hopefully, you know, there's some, uh, some real progress. Obviously (laughs) there's a pessimist in me. That's like every president seems to fall short of our, uh, (laughs) our hope for what they can do. Right. I mean, especially since they like control all the pillars of, legislative legislate all those legislative bodies that can create new policies and all that it's like like yeah like like how are you gonna wield this power are you gonna or i mean and, and i and i think the responsible wielding of this power is just to go nuts go ham go ham a lama ding dong democrats do it and, and the, <laughs> funny enough i'm surprised that the uh the what, what is it um, the conservatives or the Republicans didn't do more when Trump and crew owned both sides of the house. Or maybe I just don't remember all the damage they did with their legislation. But another legislation seemed to be like huge. All of the um, norm breaking from Trump's end seemed to be more from the people that he put into um, heads of different um, agencies and um, in the cabinet. 
And then they were able to just be like, you know, like the EPA people, like, they're just like, yeah. yeah, like, you know what, you know, fuck your water, you know, fuck your rivers, like, like everything was like, and it, it was like, de- <laughs> every water body's getting fucked up in here. <laughs> right. It was like, deregulate <laughs> all the things like, so we can have all the profit, all the profit, yeah. all the profit. Like, like you say that like profit benefits us, the workers. It doesn't. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't like, like <laughs> stop selling that, people the, that bill of goods because it's going to come underwear. The underwear gnomes from that old South Park episode. First you get the underwear, then you get the profit. Right. Wait, how are you turning the underwear to profit? Well, first you get the underwear, then you get the profit. (laughs) Right? It's like, so. Oh, man. Yeah, so we're we're in our first week. Um, We've got hope. We've seen some evidence of uh, of progress, so uh, yet to be seen. Um, But, you know, the world continues to spin. yeah, those Georgia contests were really tight. That uh, that's gonna open up some interesting legislation coming out of their uh their House and Senate statewide, you know, with uh with that type of leadership at the helm at the federal level, um, we might start to see some progress come yeah. out of Georgia. So, so that was a big part of this too. That happened, you know, the day of the insurrection mm-hmm. that we found that out. So, yeah, what a what a crazy first quarter, three quarters of uh, January, right? It was uh, it was pretty wild. Um, I would say probably the most memorable January in a long time. I mean, having to deal with COVID, uh, the vaccine getting issued, um, the insurrection, Biden getting elected, the the Georgia win. You know, you got Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. You know what? You... <laughs> with the Buccaneers, I mean, fuck Bigot Ball anyway. But like, <laughs> yeah. So, are they gonna shoot the cannon every time they score a touchdown at the Super Bowl? Because <laughs> that's 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 kind of gangster. If you oh have, my god! If you have a touchdown celebration built into the Super Bowl stadium, like that's mad wild. I mean. I would I I I personally now as someone who may end up seeing this I hope they do I hope I hope Tom Brady throws a touchdown and they shoot the cannon Oh my gosh <laughs> Oh man I'm sure there's some like NFL Super Bowl is neutral playing field rule that they won't be able to but whatever You know the Rock owns the XFL now like in whole like totally he he's like in a partnership with like two or three other people, but oh, wow. like he's definitely in a leadership role. Uh, yeah, good for him. The, so they're they're gonna play in 2022. So because oh, okay. he took he took a defaulted league, and so he's given himself his own two years to build it. Because he's like, I I'm not just taking over. I'm taking over a business that wasn't proven yet. So I still have to like build the business get good teams play put a good thing on the field so i mean seattle the seattle dragons your xfl home team here in the northwest uh may return in 2022 i mean uh i I don't see why they shouldn't be i mean i right now i guess i think of them as like the cfl in a sense because i back when i lived in vancouver i did go to a cfl game and I could buy um, a 50-yard line ticket for, like, $75. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. And because, like, honestly, like... So that was the uh, the BC Lions? Mm-hmm. I wonder who they were playing. I don't remember. I would have to... Yeah. I think I posted it on Facebook because I would have to go all the way back to 2008 to see this. Yeah. Right? Um but yeah, uh, is it the Toronto Argonauts? I think is one of the teams. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely an Argonauts team. Oh man, and then there's the uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like stadiums like that, like outside of like some of the stadiums that are like I know our football stadium also has a concert venue inside of it that gets used for other things, but. Like, there's, what, after February, and for a lot of places, after December. December to early August, they're not being used um, for a lot of things, unless, like, you're using them for soccer. But soccer, I don't think, is always played on Sundays. It's played on, like, middle of the week. So I think 
that's what I kind of thought arena football was going to be, kind of like that the thing that happened for fans of football who needed more of their football fix from February to August. And I don't see why the XFL can't be that, right? Like, yeah. Well, that's their goal. And and because the talent coming out of the, the colleges now is so prevalent. Like, that's why you're getting guys in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round of the draft are making these teams. Because mm-hmm. the the deep the depth of the college leagues is so is so prevalent that you can definitely have a league full of talent. You know, it's gonna be unproven talent, and that's why I think their rosters are a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Um because they need to stack through so many players, they they don't know who's going to be worthwhile, and it's it's a condensed schedule compared to the NFL. So, um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a league, <laughs> and it's a thing. Uh, you know, COVID is a is a strange environment. It's made all sports like television spectator only. Yeah, uh, which is really strange, especially for you know Seattle being heralded as one of the smart cities that made like their stadium core near its downtown area. Mm -hmm. And it created this kind of vibrant zone for fans and, and, and then the restaurants and the bars and the things around also kind of built around the the motif that they were set up for before and after games. Oh yeah. And the flood of people and there's multiple stadiums. So you got to imagine right now in COVID, none of those stadiums are doing you know, active fans in any, yeah. any of their events. And so all that area is just like, it's dead. Shuttered. Yeah. And yeah. the Elysian, which was a big bar down there that I've gone to multiple times after going to like a baseball game, I've never been to a Seahawks game, but I've been to a Sounders game and, and they're, they're shuttering their doors. Cause like that was their business model. People having fun, getting drunk with their friends. They had the big tables for it and everything. Like, hopefully, you know, it can come back once we get to some semblance to what the previous status quo was. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's it's been wild. I mean, as we're recording this in 2021, you know, late January, uh, you know, there's still like out of Los Angeles County, they had a 5,000 death day just this Damn, last week. 5, yeah. Damn. So, you know, it's 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 spiking all up and down the West Coast. And, you know. It's it's been an it's been a crazy year, you know, given given that we've done, you know, 99 episodes during the Trump administration, you know, the last uh 365 days of episodes in the world that we've lived through has been so different yeah. than any of the even the other 3. And yeah. in in all points in the same events that we talked about over the episodes happened in a condensed schedule. It all happened within this year. Yeah. 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 And then the pandemic on top. Right. It was like, I, I think um, I was jokingly calling this the pandemic saga. And then one of my friends says there have been different arcs. Like there, there was the quarantine arc, which I thought was going to last a lot longer. And then when May happened and people were like, no, we got to go outside. What the fuck is a mask? No mask. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then we had the <laughs> protest arc, and then I was wilding. Like, and that's when the chop slash Chaz happened, and that was some wild <laughs> shit. And then, like, yeah. I remember just yeah. being on uh, Twitch, like, "Oh my god, what's gonna happen around around the country? Look at all these protests!" And then the election arc, and the election arc was basically happening all through the pandemic and protest arcs. And then, of course, I was all butthurt because they were like, all the liberals were like, "All right, Joe Biden." We like you now. Yeah. Because fuck yeah. that nigga. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. Nah. Nah, fam. Fuck that nigga's mittens. We ain't we don't want him. Uh-uh. <laughs> that was even before the mittens. I know. Which I guess were handmade by someone in Vermont. So right. shout out that internet. You gotta go find her. <laughs> Bernie's right. homie. He'll probably gladly tell you if you if you see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the the yeah, you're right. All the arcs and and it all was confined in this year, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and you know, penultimately, ultimately, it brought us all the way to now, where you know it's only been a week, but it is interesting to have somebody in the White House that, like you're saying, I don't have, to, I don't have to read every Biden high headline. Mm-hmm. I know that a few of them can can slide by. You know, I, I could have missed the Putin call. 
That's great. I'm glad he's given that. But like, if I miss that information, I'm not worried about how Biden is representing us in the call with Putin, mm -hmm. you know, but with Trump, you almost had to read every headline because you had to a figure out if it was true because there was so much like false, crazy narratives coming from his side about mm -hmm. what they were doing. And uh, and then secondly, you had to look into it because it would have some crazy new policy or information that was going to affect your life, you know, almost directly with every little stroke of his pen. Yeah. And, uh, and now, you know, at least I can kind of, I can let the, the ship kind of run for a minute while we focus, you know, on what we need to get done, what, how we want these policies formed. Mm -hmm. And, and I know, you know, the, the people that are in power are at least going to be driving in the right direction. So, um, I hope that's a sentiment that's shared, and that that actually produces more efficiency and productivity and progress as a nation and its individual parts. You know, hopefully people have that, that relief of watchdogism and 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 having to uh, fight against the system and have some parts of the system working for you now. Maybe mm -hmm. that gives that relief of mind. We can get some creative solutions coming out of the people that are in you know places of power but had to segment their actions under the Trump administration. And now they can kind of, they can go out there, you know, we can, we can create new networks of, of civil good, you know, and uh, we can start kind of piecing together the parts of this nation that we need to, uh, you know, on a civil level. And, and we have, you know, support from an administration now, if, if need be. So, um, Hopefully yeah. those things happen, and I and I I I hope a post-term uh, Barack Obama is useful more so now with a partner in the White House, you know, because he's somebody that you know he had to just go against Trump all the time. Now we have mm -hmm. him; he can he can help, you know, push the agenda, move the message. He can go places. He's kind of an extension diplomat for the Biden White House, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What so. I Oh, go ahead. Uh, what I hope they like two things that I hope because Biden, since he has control, like right now, because there's going to be a whole thing about like the left is going to be like this. They're lazy. They don't want to do anything. But two things that I want to see um, Joe Biden do if they um, if they're not aware of it is one um, kind of doing with was it FDR? I forget what what it was. But when one of the presidents did a whole big thing where they electrified like the most rural places in our country. Yeah, the R rural electrification act is. Uh, I think that's under FDR. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 1930s. I, and I think we need to have a two thousand uh, a twenty first century version of that. Call give everybody the motherfucking internet, right? <laughs> like right because um one not the, to it, not to distract, but I'm wondering is is that in partnership? You think with like what we're seeing with. Uh, Starlink or whatever that's the SpaceX project for providing internet from space I mean uh, uh, is that more potential if we're getting farther along with that if that's geosynchronous satellite versus terrestrial that's more expensive and I, I mean if it's so anecdotally speaking I've only heard people say bad experience with satellite internet so if the satellite have, have you met anyone that's I haven't I haven't met anyone that's been using the Starlink beta yet yeah, I don't, I don't, nobody, like, I, one of my friends, um, their parents live in the mountains, and they're like, I can't even stream Netflix on this, All right? So, and they're, they're, they're using the, the new one? No, not Starlink, I don't, there's another, oh. I, I mean, this is, this is why I say anecdotally, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to generalize, well, basically what I'm trying to get at is, I don't know how good this satellite internet is going to be, when compared to other types of satellite internet and my other reference was going to be in one of the podcasts that I listened to, I believe the argument, one of the women on that show was um, quarantining in the mountains with their parents as well. And they were on um, satellite internet and they were complaining about the slowness as well too. So I don't know if it's at the point where it can compare to, you know, even like 5g speeds over wireless or fiber optics but fiber optics it, it probably won't get quite there. It looks like right now the software they're advertising it at 50 MBS to 150 MBS. So it's maxing out at 100, which is, you know, the last 10 years standard of 
cable internet, but now cable internet standard is gigabit. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, um, I would. That's okay. But yeah. as files get bigger and and in 4K and all those things, um, you know, 150 is gonna is gonna get a little bottlenecky. But that if you give that to the rural areas immediately, because it just happens to be orbiting over their area, and it's like fifteen dollars a month, that that could be a game changer, though. I yeah, do, I do. I do like that. So, so anytime someone mentions like a private entity doing something, I always worry about the profit motive, and this is the one of the reasons why I think it needs to be like a public bill that does this. Because because of the profit motive, they're not going to go to places that are not going to be seen unprofitable. And right now, like, you know, conservatives rightfully complain about the fact that we see them as flyover states. Because, like, when it comes to, like, building new infrastructure things there, it's just, like, not the top priority of the 70, like, the blue states have 70% of the GDP, blah, 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 right? So... So, like, unless, like, it was a private-public partnership where, you know, there was a bill that helped subsidize getting that internet to them by, you know, having them get it at a discounted price, I think that might be something plausible, especially if it was the type of thing that, through iteration and innovation, could get to the same speeds as gigabit internet eventually. Um, Yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, I mean, someone would have to price it out, right? Like if it costs billions of dollars, I mean, we spend billions of dollars on the military. So I'm like, I'm very much a, you you probably should stop putting so much money into the military um, and put it into like stuff at home. Like, you know, like we need you, fam. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, we'll see, because I mean, you, you've got basically like three areas of options. Uh, you've got this space satellite based option you've got a cellular based option and then you've got a you know terrestrial cable fiber optic based option so uh you know you're going to get different standards with all those i do think if you're looking at immediate impact in areas that are the hardest to get to you're going to have to go with space or cellular Mm -hmm. um so you get more bang for your buck especially since what you're talking about with the uh the lack of eventual payback just due to the the small size of the population but you know i think you could put cell towers but that's the other thing is you know the negative appeal right now of 5g it's like you have to somehow convince people that it's it's fine and worthwhile because you know that's that's the standard you want to go with isn't i think 5g is nearing gigabit right or is it like a yeah few hundred 5g megabit? is supposed to if i'm supposed to if i Take the commercials that I get from the Motley Fool at face value. 5G is supposed to be a game changer for that. And then all of that will take building the infrastructure there. And and for me, I guess my biggest argument for doing like the fiber optic option is one, you're putting things into infrastructure and infrastructure building creates jobs. And this isn't jobs that are destroying the planet. Right. And they should be good paying jobs because like like everything from like laying it out to like doing the surveying and things like that. Like it's a complex thing that's going to take a lot of people to get done. And if you give like if people are struggling for jobs in those areas and they can get jobs doing that, not only are you bringing further infrastructure to them. So then the people like I work from home. Right. Like I live in big ass Seattle. I work in tech. I work at home. Right. Like for me. Like, it's been easy, breezy, lemon squeezy. It's just, I just need to stay my black ass home, and I'm probably not going to get coronavirus. Uh, And, but other places... Well, I mean, we know, well, we know how this is going to work. Like, Mm -hmm. they, you know, they're going to follow their highway systems. And, you know, because they can dig trenches next to those. It's usually Mm -hmm. accessible land. They can go long distances. Um, There's usually very, you know, less turns and things. Um... So, you know, they have the grid lines laid already in the rural communities where they could run, you know, a fiber optic and kind of what pace it would be released. And, you know, and I definitely think obviously a mixed approach is probably, as always, you know, in any almost any situation, probably the best, you know, mm-hmm. uh, lay lay the foundation of fiber optics while you're building the 5G network that covers areas, make sure they blend in certain areas and other areas you may have one or the other but at least have some option and um yeah i know and that that does feel 10 years too late or 20 years too late 
Um, I, I know that when I, the area I grew up in, it probably just got high speed cable. It was, it was mm-hmm. ISDN lines for too long. And then it was, uh, a boosted, um, DSL yeah. style, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the internet, you know, is, is a powerful tool and obviously it could, it could, you know, change hearts and minds, but you know, are we, are we just giving the Facebook ads faster to some of these areas? <laughs> I mean, that's another thing that honestly probably should happen. Um, definitely better regulation of quote unquote big tech. Um, and the things that they're doing, cause they have definitely gone unregulated for a while and they, they are like, like Microsoft, like the last time we had an antitrust thing was Microsoft. And that's because they were like, Microsoft was like the operating system and they could do some shady ass shit. And honestly, Microsoft still does some shady ass shit. Right. So, you know, I I do think that like, that's another thing. Like, can we do it in these two years? Cause ultimately like staying energized and staying activated right now, I think is also important. Like, and and this is kind of like what, what my biggest worry was like coming at, coming at it from who kind of started the 2015 cycle as a very apolitical um, sort of indifferent person to politics. Like, like I'll tell you back in 2012 when it was like Obama versus um, what is it? Mitt Romney. Romney. Right. One, I was a bootlicker so much that I defended the comment of um, corporations or people because I understood how he was framing it. Right. And then like later in the future, I understand why it upset people. Right. And and then also I think the biggest thing that made me be like, no, to um to Romney was he wanted to get rid of PBS. I was like, how the fuck you gonna get rid of PBS? PBS is literally like 0.5% of the budget. You're like, we gotta get rid of public television, it's too much money. Like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's there's a lot, man. Right. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We've been interrupting all of it. I don't know if I have a specific interruption. Um, let's see. What have I been binging lately? Um, I well, okay. YouTubers, man. Ooh. Uh, uh, yo, <laughs> you know, we gotta flip the vid on to get to get all those uh to get those Twitch dollars. No, like, uh, have you seen the Mr. Beast channel, for instance? No, I don't think so. Okay, so Mr. Beast is uh, the, you know, he made the most money off YouTube this last year. Oh, damn. And he does all these videos where, like, he'll uh, randomly pick, like, five or six people and give them, like, $10,000 to spend in a store. Oh, damn. And then, okay. Or, like you know, give people a hundred thousand dollars for whoever doesn't take their hand off this box and like, Oh, just like these and then films it and then like heckles them and has stuff happening and, you know, keeps, keeps the video going while the competition's going and then posts that. And he gets, I guess, revenue from the ads Mm -hmm. of people watching those videos. Uh, and then, you know, he now, because he's passed and surpassed everybody, he'll do competitions and things. And he just has all the other previously even known YouTube celebrities will come on and compete in these challenges. So he'll get uh, the PewDiePie's and the I guess this dream guy is like a Minecraft kid. Oh, and okay. like and and yeah, so he's already cross pollinated. But that's my 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 thing, man. Are What YouTubers are you aware of, Chaz, who? <laughs> Who's oh, chat watching? Who are these YouTubers? These guys have whole careers at like nineteen, um, right? Who are you following? I mean, I follow a lot of leftist content on YouTube, um, like H Bomber guy, Philosophy Tube, ContraPoints, um, Sean. Back when he was doing content, um, there's um, a. Th- oh. So you're not watching kids play Minecraft? No, no, I, I, so- or or Among Us or. <laughs> I, I am uh, like I I uh, I mean I I yeah You're I not don't watching a kid <laughs> buy an entire play it against sports and give the items to local baseball teams. Yeah, no. The, the last YouTube video I watched is ContraPoints' uh, video. It's like an hour and thirty minutes long, and I'm almost done with it. About her critique of um 
J.K. Rowling's transphobia, right? And I also the other one I I so on YouTube I usually watch cooking content a lot. Like there's Sam the Cooking Guy, there's Binging with Babish. I will note that I don't have a lot of like POC people. Yeah, no, Chaz watches a lot of fucking YouTube, y'all. Like, like if you told me I could only have like one piece of media left out of all the pieces of media, and that's all I could watch for the end of like for the end of days, it's gonna be YouTube because YouTube is my jam. And but yeah, solid. Yeah, so like a lot of cooking shows, leftist content, some video game stuff, but I don't usually watch streamers. Um, funny enough, like I don't like I watch some streamers on Facebook and some streamers on Twitch. But I don't like I'm not like trying to be a part of your community. I'm not trying to like be like really into it. Usually I like to watch um, YouTube videos that give me information about things that I haven't heard before. Like there's even some, like there's a channel called Two Cents that teaches about budget stuff. But then like David Ramsey or Dave Ramsey has some budget stuff that I watch. The minor or the minority report with Sam Cedar. I watch some of his stuff. Vosh is a leftist um, commentator, live streamer that I watch from time to time. That he has debates uh, with, like, okay. people so on the right. If you want to watch all those, you can watch all those. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to watch a guy take over a fast food restaurant <laughs> and give away money instead of food, <laughs> it's Mr. Beast. Yep, yep. Did he donate ten thousand dollars to random Twitch follow people that had zero people watching live? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Yes, he did. Did he give like a hundred thousand dollars away to somebody playing Minecraft? Yes, yes, he did. Did he give away ten thousand dollars worth of Doritos on the last episode? Wow, you should tune in to find out. Uh, <laughs> anyway, shout out to YouTubers, they're doing something we're not doing because they're making millions making videos, and uh, we're making tens of millions making podcasts. So I guess jokes on them. I mean, the studio <laughs> did cost a million dollars, so that's right. And 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 we and I'm trying to upgrade it, like so we can have true multi-track recording. But you know, yeah, yeah. And the Chaz Tower was built in a sustainable way. It's actually it's all uh, recycled boxes from the Fred Meyer. It's adjacent to Duh. and uh, and some some pallets that have been refashioned into refurbished uh, standards for the for the tower itself. And then the million dollar studio, of course, goes on it. <laughs> um indeed, indeed but yeah that's it shout out to youtube it's uh y-o-u-t-u-b-e dot com and it's also perhaps an app on your cellular telephone if you go to your app store and select the youtube app yeah but you gotta pay for youtube red if you want to listen to your music in the background right <laughs> and don't confuse it with you porn that is a <laughs> 2009 porn database you should already be on Pornhub that's true I uh, believe uh, Pornhub actually owns you porn because oh I know well then shout out to <laughs> why no. okay that's my interruption I, I I made it up on the fly and it ended up being good we're good uh yeah youtubers man I mean as podcasters youtubers I guess we have like an adjacent uh you know I guess we're the soundcloud rappers to the uh the youtuber. I mean, World. yeah, I mean, we could always like start recording just like this and then upload it to YouTube and then have people laugh at us. Yeah. But to, with us. All right, fine. But, but then yeah. I have to give $10,000 away to my cat so people will click on it. I'm going to give $10,000 away to this cat if 1,000 people like this video. See, um, see, I would be like, you have to write, Ben Shapiro gets owned in this podcast. And then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And it's always Comic Sans font nowadays. Oh, gosh. I did. (laughs) See, like, I just watched a really cool YouTube video on a font called uh, Cooper Black. And I I, I know. I'm sorry. Like, like for me, who wants it? That sentence, though, dude. I just saw a YouTube video on a font. It's called Cooper Black. Okay, tell me about what's the what's the story on Cooper Black? And is it just Cooper Black straight up, or is it like Cooper Black MT, or like Cooper Black Bold? Like so, the, they go through the whole. The TDLR is um I forget the man's full name, but his last name was Cooper, and he created this font back in the 1920s to use with uh, like metal and wood uh, typefaces. And the uniqueness of it is that it has like rounded parts on all the edges where it mostly would be straight and other typefaces. 
Um, and they were saying that it is t- stood the test of time, that it was used very highly back then. And then as technology grew, it just became more and more ubiquitous. And it's even used today and like on T-shirts, on store signs. Like I started, I went into Photoshop today because uh, I was on a call yesterday with Represent Us. And we want to start making memes for the HR1 of this Congress, the For the People Act. And I was like, you know what might be cool to use with this Cooper Black after seeing that. So, you know, they had some <laughs> practical applications. Right. Shout out to Cooper Black, <laughs> YouTube.com. Good luck to you guys on the Internet. We've we've made it four years. I'm sure you guys will do all right. YouTube.com and Cooper Black. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write this description in Cooper Black, guys. (laughs) You should. No, Cooper, like, deadass from, like, an aesthetic point of view, I'm going to start using Cooper Black a lot more. Like, before, I was using Impact, and I only started using Impact because in, like, the very standard meme model where, you know, you have uh, Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, and then he has, like, the blurb at the top, and then the blurb at the bottom, that's done in Impact, right? And, wow, and, okay. and and impact is like very <laughs> straight line. I don't like so I see I you don't understand. YouTube is my shit because wow. I learn so much. Anyway. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> no, and you're 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 heavy into fonts, man. That's that's cool. Well, well I'm that's, heavy that's into cool. communication and then I like to analyze ways that things that can be communicated better based on like aesthetic and preconceptions and how it's been presented, and then I like to use that and model some things that I do after it, right? And that's usually well, why I watch a lot of edutainment stuff. But my 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 sidebar preference in the font world, I want a font menu that's gonna have the name of the font written in the font. That's how I like my font menus. <laughs> I don't like these just plain lists. Like I'm supposed to know what all these fonts look like. I want the name of the font written in the font. That's my font list preference. That should be a preference on all uh, programs. Yeah. Shout I, out. I think some Silicon programs Valley. do implement it that way and others don't. Oh, Apple used to. Mm. I, it may still. But yeah, like old Apple works always. That was the that was the key. I was like, this is this is God's font list. But yeah, like, if- I, I want to see Cooper Black. It would say Cooper Black in Cooper Black. Look mm-hmm. at how meta that is. Yeah. Like, if you want to know one of the things that uses uh, Cooper Black as a typeface, just look at the logo for Dear White People, right? That's Cooper Black. Okay. Okay. Also, Hall. <laughs> there you go. Um, I know a Connor Black, and he's white. But anyway. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else for the people, man? Um, I do want people, if you haven't already looked into the For the People Act, the For the People Act... I still need to do a little bit more research on it, so I can probably come back next week with some more options. But then again, it might already be in the house. Cause so basically, it's a um, a bill that's supposed to shore up um, everything that we need to do with um, voting reform. Let me see if I can pull up uh, a little bit of this blurb here from this meme. Um, I'll just read it straight up. The Ford People Act is a comprehensive anti-corruption and democracy reform bill that is being considered by Congress. The things the bill would do, increase election security by providing more funding for paper ballots and increase oversight of election system vendors, increase voter participation by passing automatic voter registration, same-day voter registration, online voter registration, and expanded absentee voting, in partisan gerrymandering for federal offices, uh, strengthen ethics and financial conflict of interest laws for the president, Congress, and Supreme Court, require transparency for all large donations, close lobbying loopholes, and implement a public financing option for congressional elections. So, so you know, you know, like that's that's well on my way to like my primary um, political goal of. Uh, ranked choice voting but like those reforms are necessary like whenever people talk about um people being disenfranchised and and then this is like so and so something that i mentioned earlier in the podcast where i was saying there's a lot of propaganda that has positive representation without negative contrast and that's usually what i see when people critique um 
voter suppression is they'll say, how can voters be um, suppressed when blank amount of voters voted, right? And and that's part yeah. of the representation. But that doesn't tell you, like, in Georgia, where, you know, Stacey Abrams was hard at work 10 years ago, um, seeing that, like, Georgia used to be kind of blue, but then went red, and it's like, what happened? And she did the, the work yeah. um, along with other organizers and hundreds of other people out there. Um, but, you know, when, when Kemp was closing polling places in predominantly uh, black areas of the state, that suppresses their vote because they have to go out further in order to get the vote. And I come from Philadelphia. And in Philadelphia, your polling places are stone's throw from where you live, right? Like, you don't need to travel very far because our districts for voting are, like, eight by five blocks or something like that. Like, it's something ridiculous. It's very small. And okay. That's good. Right? And then each yeah. spot has to have a, a set location. Yeah. Right? Like, okay. in the two times that I voted in Philadelphia... And I remember, like, and, and I was lucky enough, well, the, well, sorry, I shouldn't say the two times I voted in Philadelphia. I only voted once in Philadelphia, and that was in 2004, and that was for John Kerry. Um, but I remember for other elections where I lived, um, the church behind us was a polling location, like, literally just behind us. Because I had to walk around this little path, go in there, boop, 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 right? And yeah. then there was another church when the apartment that I lived in, I just had to walk, like, two and a half blocks down, you know, show my ID and then they'd be like, bloop, bloop, go in. Right. Like it was that easy. Right. So if like when it comes from like, I feel like you have to look at like agency availability and access with things like that. Like, um, and are the polling places available to the people? Yes. But can they be accessed easily? Like if they don't have a car. If there's not robust public transportation, it's not walkable. That suppresses the vote because they can't access it. Right. Like yeah. they have the agency no, and they want to go. Right. But they can't access it. Right. So like like that's yeah. that that's what we mean. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, millions of people voted in the state. But that doesn't tell you anything about the voters that got disenfranchised because they had the agency to vote and the vote was accessible to them. Right. But or the vote was available to them, but they didn't have the means to access it. And and so that this for the people act is supposed to alleviate some of those things that remove um, accessibility and availability barriers that the states like to put in in order to suppress the vote that would likely not keep them in power. So, yeah, no, that's interesting. And I mean, especially since it'd be as easy as you, even if you didn't make a mandatory mail in vote, you could make a request mail in vote. Mm -hmm. So, if someone could be like, oh, I've looked at it, I'm 24 miles from my polling place, uh, I'm going to have to do a mail in ballot. You know, and then mm -hmm. at least even then you're giving the option and the state would have to count less mail in ballots if that's what they're worried about is somehow their ballot machines are easier. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 there's a there's a million ways, you know, letting felons vote and mm -hmm. um, yeah, making sure there's not a voter ID and all those things is uh, is ways to to give access or. The you know the Oregon did the Motor Voter Act, so mm -hmm. when you go to update your license or ID, you automatically can register to vote. So mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, with that, uh, I think we've uh, we've come to the end, man. Yeah, one hundred uh, episodes, just like riffing, just like riffing all the way through. Uh, it was legit. A thousand, you know, uh, you can hear the applause of a thousand people uh, on the sound effect board. Clap, clap. Uh, and uh, thank you as always if you listened. Uh, we appreciate you guys. If for some reason you need to get a hold of us, you can hit up uh, hylbox at gmail.com. That's our email box for the show, hylbox at gmail.com. You can shoot me a message on the Twitter sphere. I'll get on there at least once this month. Uh, that's at Seatown Mayor, S E A T O W N M A Y O R, because I'm helping your municipality by the coast. Chaz, how can they get a hold of you? Your social justice cleric is holding it down on the Twitter, the Instagrams, and the TikToks at Chaz underscore Baz, one Z in the Chaz, two Z's in the Baz. Check a brother out. I'll make a lot of content, but you know, you might find it zany. Um, and sometimes I host a Twitch I like that. quiz. Um, you might find it zany. You might find it zany, right? I've been trying that's to figure out like mind. what what my editorial voice slash aesthetic you, that's what's style over your YouTube video thumbnail in Cooper Black. 
Yes, <laughs> everything Cooper Black now. Everything. It might it might be zany. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this has been a zany episode. Uh, Chaz, thanks again for for getting it together and uh, and happy 100. Yeah, happy uh, 100, Mikkel. Cheers to you, man. Uh, one day we'll be in the same room again. Right. Uh, but at least this internet from this space satellite I'm on is running really well. So <laughs> I'm, I'm getting through. Uh, Chaz, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. Out. All right. Peace. Peace. I'm okay. Late night here with me. Can you break bed with me? Why you switch phone numbers like clothes? Why you can't answer me? Cause I got more. Yes, I blew my shot from Clock to Hollywood. Got some gold. She look big on me.